Welcome to the Punk Rock Preschool Podcast with your host, Mr. G. For those about to learn, we salute you. Hello, party people. Thank you for joining us today on the Punk Rock Preschool Podcast, where we are changing the world one classroom at a time. That classroom is your classroom. I'm your host, Jared Geller, Mr. G, and today it's all about thematic planning, the themes that you can use in your classroom. And I've seen so many teachers on Facebook groups and in other places just asking about what themes to do for next year in the classroom. And sometimes teachers are just asking for one theme for the entire year. Well, as you know, or as you may know, in our classroom, we did weekly themes, a different theme, a different topic, a different subject each week to try and help students see the incredible world of learning all that's out there for them to pursue if they can find their interest, if they can find their passions, if they can find what inspires them, then I wanted to put as many inspiring, empowering, awesome topics in front of them as we could. So if you're looking for themes to use in your classroom, ask no more because this episode, you're going to get tons and tons and tons of ideas for themes to do. And not just one theme. Don't limit yourself to just one immersive learning experience. Have a learning immersive experience every single day. Every single week, be teaching different topics, go on different learning adventures every single week, every day. So teach everything from astronomy to zoology, A to Z. Alongside with your class, never worry about finding a theme to occupy your time. Again, you'll have so many themes that you're going to be saying, I don't know which ones I can teach. There's so many that I want to teach and there's only so much time in the year. That's what's going to be the result at the end of this episode. You're going to have so many awesome ideas ready to go saying, oh my God, I got to teach all these things to my kids. I can't wait for next school year. So let's get planning. Thematic planning is awesome because it helps inspire your students and you want to inspire students. I'll give you an example. I taught geology as one of my weekly themes and you would think geology is about rocks and the earth, but yeah, it's kind of cool, but in pre-K kids, is that something they're gonna be passionate about? I was shocked. I had a little girl who loved geology. Every day at center, she would go straight to the geology box. She would go straight to the rocks which were all those different kinds of rocks, colored rocks and different shapes, different textures. And she would take them out and she would sort them and she would analyze them and she would look under the magnifying glass and look under the microscope. She loved geology. And that's what we all want is to inspire our kids, help them find those things that they love, that they are passionate about, that they are going to pursue to change the world and to make themselves happy when they grow up. You also want to keep your class fresh with these themes too. You don't, you want things to be different. You don't want to be the same old thing, same old classrooms, same decorations, same old same old, bored, stale. That's not what we want, of course not. But I know sometimes we get stuck in doing things the same way for years and years, and then these themes are based on something playful or fun, but by the time the school year's over, that playful, fun thing that was cool at the beginning of the school year when kids were first coming into pre-K, first coming into preschool, like a theme like apples or, or like colors all over the walls or Dr. Seuss, like, yeah, that's awesome in the beginning, but as the year grows on, like, build the classroom into an immersive learning experience where... The classroom's decorations, the classroom's dramatic play, all these kinds of things are built around the thematic stuff. And you don't have to switch it up every single week, but you can be building, continuously building things into the classroom to build onto your themes. But if you're stuck in like a a theme like Dr. Seuss or something like that, which isn't a bad thing, it does make it more difficult to make the classroom this giant learning immersive experience on the topics that you're teaching, which really does help teach it. So if you want new challenges, new experience, and new worlds to explore for your students, of course we do, then let's give them those worlds to explore with these weekly themes. Give them a different world to explore every single week. And the themes, you know, they range from classroom leadership and teamwork to leading the whole world with civics and business and 
politics and art and science and culture and environmentalism and so much more. There's so many themes that we can dive into and help our students really find their passions. So expose your students to all that the learning has to offer, help them find their passions and help them find that love of learning. And when you throw, when you have a different theme for each week and, you're, and they're all interesting and they're all cool and they're all important, then just see what sticks, see what catches their interest. Like, yeah, not every student is going to be fascinated by geology to the point where they're going to be going to the geology center every day, but that you don't need that from every student. They're all going to be interested enough to say, oh, this is pretty cool. It's pretty cool that the earth, you know, you dig deep and there's a core there and there's all this hot, hot stuff that comes out of the volcano and you can, you know, expand from there. You can do a lot of stuff with geology, obviously that's cool, natural disaster stuff where it's fascinating and interesting for, for all kids. But that's what we're going to get into in the strategies. But for now, let's go into our mindset shift. So this mindset shift is not that difficult. It's just old mindset is I want to change the theme I teach in the classroom. Which if you're listening to this episode, you probably want to hear some new ideas for a new theme or themes in your classroom. New mindset is I will show my students a new theme every week to help them discover where their interests and their passions lie. So use the themes in your classroom not to just get on the subjects in the curriculum or to create a fun, happy, colorful classroom. Although that's important, make a fun, happy, colorful classroom that's also centered around the thematic stuff because this helps kids discover, like I said, where their interests and their passions lie. It keeps things fresh. You have something new every week. Kids are excited. They're anticipating coming to school. It's awesome. And then there's also so many more opportunities for their imaginations to just go off because you've got all this dramatic play stuff. They have all these ideas now. If you teach them about health and you're teaching about doctors and nurses and pediatricians and trainers and coaches and yoga instructors and meditation all the, like and nutritionists, you know, there's so many opportunities for them to go to dramatic play and then put what they're learning about health or what they're learning about any subject into their pretend time, into their imagination. And that's a great learning experience, both in the play-based sense and in the academic sense and the content sense because you learn by doing. And if they're learning by role-playing and experiencing the kind of stuff that you're teaching, that's really, really useful. And we're gonna kind of get into that in the strategies which start right now. So the strategies are actually gonna be more so the different units that we teach. And you can get our freebie, the full year framework, go to punkrockpreschool.com slash 021 or punkrockpreschool.com slash curriculum. And you can get our freebie, which has all the themes that I teach, 36 different themes throughout the year and get some ideas from there. And I'm gonna kind of get into each one of those right now and why they are awesome, important themes that I think you should teach in your classroom as well. So unit one, first nine weeks of school is the world of people. Really it's the first six or seven, but you can stretch it into nine. And the, the most important units to teach in there are one, all about school. Two, teamwork. Three, confidence and leadership. And then four, geography and culture, which I actually break into two weeks, but we'll get into all these ideas and why they're important. So all about school. Obviously, kids need to learn their procedures. That's an important thing is just introducing kids to school in the first week of school, helping them understand the procedures, helping them understand what is school all about? What is learning all about? Why are we here? How should we act in school? Who are these kids that I'm sitting next to? How are they related to what I'm doing? What are our, What's our goal? I mean, I spend the first week really just getting my kids hyped and just saying, this is how much fun we're going to have in school. We're going to do all these awesome things. We're going to learn all these awesome things. I show them some cool stuff, but then I kind of snatch it back and say, but we have to learn how to act right to learn these things. We're not going to be able to learn these things if we're all crawling all over the floor and we're screaming and we're crying and we're throwing things. Do you think we're going to be able to have any fun in class if we're doing that? And they get it pretty quickly. So then we move into teamwork, which 
kind of builds on what I was just saying, which the class is a team. What's our goal? How do we work together? How do we help each other? You can build on that with the procedures. You can build on that with carpet time and listening to one another, helping each other at your tables, sharing at center time, all that kind of stuff in the teamwork thing. Then confidence and leadership, which I think is super important. And it's a great way to start the year and to anchor your kids in this like really positive mindset. So what I would do is I had this really silly Philly fanatic hat, which if you know what the Philly fanatic looks like, I'll leave a link in the show notes if you don't. But if you know what the Philly fanatic looks like, it's a silly looking creature. If you can even, I don't know if you could even call it a creature. But anyway, I had this hat, this green hat with these long ears and the silly nose coming out. And I had these silly sunglasses. And then we had all these costumes. And I would put on this costume and I would put on the hat and I'd put on the sunglasses. And I'd walk in front of the class and I'd say, guys, I'm Mr. G and I look great. And they would all start laughing because I didn't look great. I looked really silly. But I was trying to explain that if you're confident and if you're sure of yourself and if you're feeling yourself like that, then other people will just assume that you do look great or they certainly won't make fun of you and be like, oh, no, look at him because you're confident in yourself. You're happy. You're comfortable. And you say, you know what? I think I look pretty cool. I think this is a cool look. I don't see anybody else dressed like this. So must mean that I'm doing something different. I think being different is pretty cool. You teach that to your students. That's one of the most important lessons anyone can learn in life. And it's really awesome because kids put this hat on, they stand in front of the class and they say, I'm Alexa and I look great. Or I'm Alan and I look great. Or I'm Emmanuel and I look great. And it's awesome. And then what we ended up doing one year was we all walked into the fifth grade classroom and we saw who could put the hat on then and the the outfit on then and stand in front of a fifth grade classroom as pre-K kids in the third week of school and stand in front of a group of older kids and say, this is my name and I look great. And not as many kids could do that, but every kid could do do it in front of our class. And even though we had like six or seven kids that did it in front of a fifth grade, fifth grade class, I could not have done that as a preschooler. I probably couldn't have done that as a fourth grader. And then fourth most important unit to teach in that first eight, nine weeks of school is geography and culture. So help kids understand that learning is everywhere. Help them understand that learning is all over the world, that there's so many places to learn. There's so many different cultures that exist all over. Kids just like us, teachers just like me and just like you, that do things way, way different. And it's not wrong. It's just different. And we can learn from other people that have different experiences, that live different lives, that live in different environments, different climates. All these different things that exist all around the world are all opportunities to learn. So learning is never going to stop and learning is everywhere. And then you also get to see that you can learn from other people, obviously, no matter where they're from or how they look or what they believe or, you know, what they eat or how they dress or anything like that, because why would that, you know, why would that matter? That actually means you can learn more from them because they have all these different experiences for you to empathize with and for you to learn from. So those are the four major units in the first part of school, the world of people, all about school, teamwork, confidence and leadership, geography and culture. The second unit, the next quarter of your year is the world of nature. And in that unit, I would say do plants and animals, so zoology and botany, and that could take up weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks because you could do a different, and this is what I do for the most part, is I do a a week on mammals and fish and then birds and reptiles and amphibians and insects and dinosaurs and plants. I'm sure I might be missing something in there too, but we do units on all of those and then we'll add these other units in there on like, we'll do mammals plus the food chain, which food chain is another one. So plants and animals, living things and habitats, ecosystems, that kind of stuff. Food chain also kind of ties into ecosystems and then pollution and recycling. And this is great because you could have animals in the classroom for the plants and animals. You can water your plants. We had little cactuses 
and we had other plants that you can grow and i'll leave links in the show notes to all this kind of stuff and we had a pet lizard so you can get all these opportunities to make it an immersive learning experience these are awesome themes to bring to life in your classroom with a class pet or with anything you could do with animals or with nature it's all very accessible and it really helps reinforce these themes and these themes are important to teach because you see how the world is connected and you see how actions especially with a food chain or with habitats and ecosystems and and then also with pollution and recycling you see how people's actions have consequences even if they're unintended and even if you don't see them right away which is a really important concept for kids to learn and for adults to learn that sometimes there's you know consequences to actions sometimes there's unforeseen things that happen because of decisions that people make and it may not even be in your intention, but one person throwing away a piece of trash or one person polluting the air doesn't seem like much, but when everybody does it, all of a sudden your sky looks like Beijing, and that's no good. And the kids don't want that, and really, big thing for them is just they'll learn about anything with the environment, anything with the weather, anything with geology, all that stuff too. Pollution, recycling, living things, plants, animals, food chain, like I said, all these different themes, just because you show them a picture of pollution and the pollution out in the Pacific Ocean, and you show them pictures of Beijing sky, you read them the Lorax, and you show them a dump, you know, a couple pictures, and kids and endangered species, stuff like that, kids are just like, whoa, 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 I don't want to live, what do you mean the world's like this right now? I don't want to live in a world like this, like, what do we got to do to save the world from being all nasty and dirty? I don't want to grow up in a world like that. So they're 100% on board to learn all these advanced topics and it lets them have a sense of global impact it lets them see that they can make a real difference in the world because there's nothing being like oh well i don't know mr g cannot the impact of our little pre-k class how big of a difference can we make like when when pre-k kids start thinking that way then you know i'll be shocked when preschool kids start thinking that way because they just think cool there's a problem let's solve it they don't have all these logistics logistical barriers and stuff they just want to solve problems in the world and that's where you find that spark find that passion find that inspiration that we're talking about, which is why you're using these thematic lessons. So the world of nature, plants and animals, living things and habitats, food chain, pollution, and recycling. But like I said, you could break those units up into probably 15 units amongst the, you know, all the different animals and plants and living things. You could do so much with this unit. But those are the four main ideas to hit on is to help kids understand how plants and animals are connected, where they live, how they eat and how that's all connected in the ecosystem and food chain, and then how people are affecting the environment with pollution and how we can fix it with recycling and reducing, reusing all the good stuff, conserving water and energy, you know. So that's unit two. Unit three is the world of health, which you can get our Healthy Kids curriculum available on punkrockpreschool.com. It's only $25. That's on sale because we're bundling eight different units. That's 200 pages of every question of the day, word of the day, definition, scripted hooks, video resources, Everything that you will need to teach your kids about health, body, the human body, your senses, hygiene, exercise, meditation, yoga, nutrition, all that good stuff. And those are a lot of the really important concepts. But if you had to break it into like the four most important, hygiene, nutrition, exercise, meditation. So keeping your body clean, putting the right stuff in your body, getting the most energy out of your body with exercise, and then keeping your mind healthy with meditation. And there are tons of ways to do this, tons of awesome ways to do this. And we did the pre-K Olympics where we would have kids throw a Frisbee, see how far, like the discus toss. And we would have the balance beam, who could do it the fastest, and races and relays and all these different like little Olympic events. And then I would get gold and silver wrapping paper and just wrap up like a foam board. 
kind of cut out into a circle and make medals for them, put little ribbons on it. Really easy, really low cost. And we had a blast. So much fun doing the pre-K Olympics. And you could do it as well. And that's a great way to teach exercise, to teach competition, and to teach that competition isn't a bad thing. Competition just helps us learn that we can grow, learn that there's room for improvement. Or even if you're the best in the competition, it helps you see that your hard work paid off, things like that. So other things to mess around with, class yoga and meditation, which teaches hard work and lets kids see the results of you sit there and you meditate for five minutes, you're going to feel calmer. You sit there and stretch for five minutes, you're going to feel you're going to feel that burn. So it lets them see the benefits of their work with yoga and meditation. That if you sit with something, even though you say, oh, if I just sit here and breathe for five minutes, I'm going to feel good. Yeah, right. I mean, I have to remind myself all the time that it actually does work because sometimes I'll be like, is it really worth the time? It's always worth the time to sit there and meditate. Help teach your kids these kinds of habits, which... That's the other thing with hygiene and nutrition and exercise, meditation, all of them are about building healthy habits, life skills, which are so important in success and helping our students be prepared for the world. If they can take care of their health, take care of their hygiene, eat the right foods, they'll have plenty of energy. If they can exercise routinely, they'll stay healthy and they'll stay fit and live a long, healthy, happy life. And then if they can meditate and keep their minds clear and keep their minds calm, that is one of the ultimate leg ups, head starts that we can give our students is teaching them those four things. So hygiene, nutrition, exercise, meditation. Unit four is the world of art. So these four units are performance art, storytelling, fashion and photography, and then an all about art unit where you just kind of get into everything about art. And that's kind of the first unit. So that was in no particular order. I usually do all about art, then the performance art, then the storytelling than the fashion and photography, but you could do whatever way you like. And so all about art is just introducing students to the world of art, that art is about expressing yourself. It's about creating stuff. It's about taking things from within your imagination and making them real and putting them into reality. And that's pretty awesome. I mean, you're creating, that's creativity right there is taking things from your imagination and putting it into the world. And so that's what we're going to be doing. And it's a great way to send a message about something. It's a great way to express how you feel, how you think. And there's so many different media for you to put art out there that students can see that they are creating something of their own that gets to be put out into the world and can make a difference, can make an impact, can make people feel something just like they've seen TV and music and movies and pictures and stories that make them feel something and help them understand this is all art, guys. Like when you loved that movie, when you loved, my kids all loved Frozen for pretty much three years, everybody loved Frozen. Uh, Zootopia kind of took it over at the end of the third year. But, you know, we would always just say, you know, if, if you love Frozen, that's that's art right there. You love the art that was created, the pictures that were up on there, on the screen, the story, the music, all that stuff is all different forms of art. So get into it. So the all about art, that's more of the performance art, what I just kind of got into there. Storytelling, we had students write their own stories. Fashion and photography, we would take pictures. I would have kids design their own t-shirts. I would go to the Walmart, get these, you know, white tees for like two bucks. And we would use fabric markers and they would actually draw their own t-shirts as well. And so they get this real feeling of being a fashion designer, of being an author, of being a musician, of being an actor, of being a, a dancer. All these different things help these kids find their passions. Again, different themes, the four themes here, performance art, storytelling, fashion and photography, and then all about art. And I'll get into the all about art was more of murals and collages and mosaics and and what we would do is, I mean, I would, for the mosaics, I would say, what is like a character that you guys would want to create? And we did Raphael from the Ninja Turtles and Sonic the Hedgehog and Elsa and Anna. And they would go and they rip colors out of magazines. I would draw the picture of, of these characters and they would glue all these colors from the magazines. They would do it all themselves and we'd make these giant posters. And I'll put those in the show notes as well of 
Sonic the Hedgehog and Raphael from the Ninja Turtles and Anna and Elsa. And they were awesome. We'd hang, hang them up outside and, and the kids would be like, oh yeah, that's my collage. We made that collage. We made this mosaic over here. It's just incredible. It's incredible what they can do and how much pride and ownership they take over creating their own works of art. Unit five is the world of science. And the four units here are the scientific method, chemistry and experiments, outer space, and then earth science and weather. So if you already taught weather, you can kind of get into the earth science stuff, which is the water cycle and things along that of that nature, which is fun to a certain extent, but I would do that alongside something with other experiments because it is a little dense and it's not as fun if you already did the weather. If you haven't done the weather yet, then, or you haven't done climate, mix in earth science and weather and climate and all that stuff together, it'd be really fun. Other units are, like I said, the scientific method. Go over the scientific method, do lots of experiments, go through making a hypothesis, testing it out with your experiment, looking at the data and coming to a conclusion or trying to guess you know, what is happening in each of these experiments. So with something like a sink float experiment is really easy, you know, have kids have their, make their hypothesis, do the experiment, collect the data and test your hypothesis and see how it works. It's a really simple way for students to understand that they are testing something out with the scientific method. And Einstein has this great quote and I don't have it on me right now, but it's something along the lines of, I could do a million experiments and it would never prove me right, but one experiment could prove me wrong because he has theories. And so if one experiment showed something that didn't work in his theory, then his whole theory is, is proven wrong. It doesn't matter how many times he did an experiment with certain conditions that was that made it work. If certain conditions were in place where it didn't work and something couldn't be explained, then his theory was proven wrong. And he understood that. He didn't hold on to be like, I'm right. I know how the universe works. He was like, no, I probably don't know how you, the universe works. I came up with a pretty good idea. But he was pretty much sitting around waiting for somebody to prove him wrong. So very, very cool stuff in terms of how the scientific method works and probably a good mindset to have for just critical thinking is understanding that if you can find an example that proves you wrong, then you're wrong. And you need to kind of rethink where you're coming from and try a new, new experiment or try a new test or try something different out to understand how things are actually working in the world. And that applies not just to science, but to pretty much everything, to people, to society, to everything. If, if data contradicts what you think about the world or how you think something works, then you have to go back and rethink the way something works. And that's really important with the scientific method and like I said, sink float experiment is great for that. We did a friction experiment, which was really good for that as well, where we put different cars going down different surfaces on a ramp and we had all the ramps equal. You know, we set up our control and everything. We had it, we had it going real good. And the variable was the different materials and certain cars, you know, they hit the ramp and they went down and they barely went after they hit the ramp. They barely went any distance. And other cars, they just slicked down that ramp and went flying down, you know, kept flying right down that material. And then we also watched plenty of just awesome chemistry videos, awesome outer space videos, because they're fascinating and they make science super interesting and they make kids want to pursue science. So these are all awesome, like I said, earth science, chemistry, outer space, scientific method. We did that friction experiment, which you could throw physics in there as well. Get kids excited about science, get them really, really stoked on going out there and performing experiments, figuring out how the world works. And that's another reason why these are four great themes. We're up to theme 20 at this point. So these are four great themes to be teaching in your classroom, scientific method, chemistry, outer space, and earth science, because they're super beneficial to the kids and not just super beneficial to your students, but they're also really, really interesting. I mean, these chemistry experiments, I'll post my playlist for chemistry experiments and you'll see what I'm talking about. It is wild. You'll be saying, wow, this is amazing yourself before you even bring it into class. But 
don't waste all that enthusiasm because you do want to show these videos to your students and you want to be just as excited and just as energized as the first time that you saw it. So kind of make it the first time you saw it if you if you like what you see. Hit pause button and then show it to your, share it with your students. Now unit six is the world of success, which is civics, economics, which I call pre-conomics, pre-conomics, media literacy, and entrepreneurship. And I know now we're kind of getting into some high-level stuff and some stuff that might be a little outside of your wheelhouse, but that's okay. I'm going to try and break it down simply so we can all use this in our classroom. What we did was civics unit, we kind of took our health unit and built into the civics unit where we talked about freedom and how just because food is unhealthy and food might be bad for you, we don't want the police coming into our house and raiding our fridge and, and throwing us in jail because we got a chocolate bar, we got a bag of M&Ms. We definitely, definitely don't want that to happen. So students understand right away, they're like, okay, there's things in the world that aren't great for you, but we do want our freedom and we do want to be able to make our own choices and spend our own money and do these things the way that we want to do them because who can make the best decisions for yourself? It's yourself, not anybody else. And so we do want freedom to make our own choices, even if that means making bad choices, we can learn from those things. And so that's how we kind of transition into civics. Then we get into democracy and government. We go from there and we do class elections and it's a lot of fun. And then into the economic stuff, we just, we do a whole salary system, which there's a few episodes already on the salary system. I will leave links in the show notes if you want to know more about our salary system. But that gets us into the pre-economic stuff where kids are making their own money and they're spending their money in our markets and they're understanding that economics is where you spend your money and where you don't. So if you buy something, it means you can't buy something else. You know, if you buy the $200 Spider-Man toy or whatever in our market, it means you probably, you're not going to have enough money for the $150 Wolverine toy or something, let's just say, even though there's not a lot of toys in our markets. But you have to understand like, okay, if I buy the one thing, I can't buy the other. So that's an economics concept, super important economics concept, actually, that we try to get across early. Then we do the whole punk rock preschool stuff, which is the entrepreneurship. And then media literacy, where I'll show the kids a bunch of Super Bowl advertisements and ask them what they think these commercials are trying to sell us. And if they can guess what the commercial is trying to sell us, and the commercial can tell us why people should buy it instead of buying other stuff, then it's probably a pretty good commercial that's not trying to, you know, appeal to our emotions or trick us or appeal to something else that has nothing to do with the product or if the product's good for us or if it's a good way to spend our money. And so we watch all these commercials and, you know, we watch like the Budweiser commercial with the horse and, and everything. And I'm like, what do you guys think that commercial's for? And they're like, oh yeah, it's for horses, right? <laughs> right, Mr. G? Like the Clydesdale commercial. Like, yeah, they're selling horses, aren't they? I'm like, no, it's for beer. Like, what? No, it's not for beer. Like, no, my dad drinks beer, Mr. G. Like, there was no beer in that commercial. Like, there was a horse. I saw a horse. So it's actually hilarious, like, because they start to realize that a lot of these commercials, like, what am I even watching when, when these things come on TV? You know, what is this? And that just gets them curious, gets them to start thinking about the world. There's things to learn and things to be kind of wary of. And then there's other things, like I said, with the economics and the entrepreneurship and the civics that if they want to be successful in the world, if they want to make a difference in the world, here's some vehicles, here's some tools for them to do it. And this stuff's empowering because it's just how the world works, you know, politics and civics and government and business and money and entrepreneurship. Like this is how the world works. This is how things get done. And if you can communicate that to your kids, they're super into it and they're super passionate. And I had plenty of students that left class saying, I'm an entrepreneur. I know exactly what that means. I'm going to solve problems for other people and start my own business at four and five years old. So it's, and I'm sure you've seen other programs that do similar things. It's totally within the realm of possibility. So unit six, 21, 22, 23, 24, civics, pre-economics, media literacy, entrepreneurship. 
the changes you can expect to see well let's just review all of those different themes that i just went over so you got one all about school two teamwork three confidence and leadership four geography and culture five plants and animals six living things and habitats seven food chain eight pollution and recycling nine hygiene 10 nutrition 11 exercise 12 meditation 13 performance art 14 all about art 15 storytelling 16 fashion and photography 17 scientific method 18 chemistry 19 outer space 20 earth science and weather 21 civics 22 pre-canomics 23 media literacy 24 entrepreneurship you don't have to do them in that order at all in fact i'd recommend not doing them in that order i would recommend going to punkrockpreschool.com slash 021 punkrockpreschool.com slash curriculum get our full year framework get all of the topics that we teach all the different themes everything that we go over week by week in that curriculum head to our teachers pay teacher store and you can get the fleshed out version with every single question of the day word of the day all that good stuff and every little topic to teach each week in terms of literacy math that whole framework everything is in there head to punkrockpreschool.com slash 021 or check our show notes for our teachers pay teacher store for the full thing so those 24 themes they are awesome themes that those are going to be able to inspire your students they're going to be helping your students see the world in a whole new way because they have so many more topics so many more subjects so many more interests so many more things that they can pursue in their lives so actionable next steps like i said download that freebie you can email me if you want to talk about more themes if you have different ideas or there's other things you want to teach and you just a little you need a little help how i'm happy to help please send me an email at punkrockpreschool at gmail.com and I'll be happy to talk to you about any of these themes or any other themes that you want to use in your classroom. Actual next step number two is plan out that year. Plan out your whole year. I do 36. There's 36 weeks. 36 times five is 180. That's how many days in a school year. That's how I like to look at it. So map out your 36 weeks, the 36 themes you want to teach. I know there's 24 here, but there's 36 there. And like I said, you can definitely break down plants and animals. That's like eight or nine themes right there broken down. So you can find those 36. And like I said, there's probably gonna be too many for you in the end. And from there, find the resources that are going to excite your kids. And you can check out our store at punkrockpreschool.com slash shop, or you can go to our Teachers Pay Teachers store, and there's tons of resources there. Our YouTube channel has some pretty cool resources as well, and our playlists on our YouTube channel, so check them out, because these are the kinds of things that get your students inspired and excited, and that's why we're doing thematic planning to begin with. And some other changes you can expect to see, more in-depth play and pretend time and imagination and dramatic play, because... There's more to imagine there's more to work with because your students have a much more comprehensive view of the world now they have this idea where they can see different cultures all over all over the planet they can see how to be healthy and how to help other people be healthy they can see how to be leaders in their community in the world in their country all these different things you've shown them these vehicles by teaching them about civics and teaching them about science and teaching them about health and teaching them about the world and animals and culture and all these different things you've shown them this and so now they can pretend to be a traveler, to be a doctor, to be an entrepreneur, to be a politician, to be a scientist. And they can do that in dramatic play. So many more opportunities than if you just, you know, taught what was farm animal noises and basic stuff in the curriculum, expand kids' minds and so many more opportunities than if you just teach one theme. Because now kids have all these ideas of what they want to do, what they want to pursue, who they want to be when they grow up. Another change you'll expect to see is that you just take control over your curriculum and you are now teaching what's important to you and to your students. And you're just going to watch passion spark, 
eyes are going to be lighting up and kids are just going to be begging to get into your door in the morning before school starts because they are so excited about what they're going to learn if you bring all these different themes into your classroom. Thank you for listening, and I hope you are one step closer to making the classroom of your dreams come true. Or, you know, 24 steps closer to making the classroom of your dreams come true. Please follow us on social media. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and our email list. Receive our freebie, our full year framework. Like I said, punkrockpreschool.com slash slash 021. Such a hard time saying the word slash. I don't know why. Download that full year curriculum framework right now. And please leave us ratings, comments, and thoughts below. If there's anything you want me to discuss on future episodes, any good summertime topics coming up, please reach out and let's work together to change the world one classroom at a time. Until next time, keep rocking.